or think, thinking that, I was praying and realizing, man, his faithfulness stretches that far, and it reaches deep in us, in our spirit, in our heart. As we start this morning, uh, I want to remain in that space of worship and prayer just for a moment. Uh, as you seek God this morning, what do you need? Where do you need to have his encouragement? What do you need uh, for him to show up in certain places? Just kind of in your mind, in your heart, we'll sit there for just a minute um, and continue in uh, the faithfulness that God promises us and, and uh, share with him. What is, what is it? Where are you at this morning? God, you know the deepest longings of our heart. You know our pace in this season, this week, and the weeks coming. Father, we just give to you the things that are on our mind. We can trust you with those. We sang about that trust. We want to practice that trust. Amen. Uh, there's some, some, something sort of special about the Christmas season. I don't just mean the lights and the trees and the music and all that stuff, but um, there's something special in this, kind of like in the way that uh, you walk through the gates of Disneyland, uh, for those of you who are Disney fans, right? You walk through the gates of Disneyland, and like the music starts playing all around you, um, and the characters are there, and they're pumping in that like Disney happy gas or whatever that is that like... Like, you walk in, and all of a sudden, like, you're kind of, like, got a little bounce, and, like, you're excited, and you may not care much about Disney, but all of a sudden, you do, and you just sort of, like, get into the Disney spirit, and it's, like, all pretend, and you understand that, but everybody's having fun, and everybody just kind of enters in and plays along with it. December in some ways, is kind of like that, right? Like, the music's playing in all the shops. It's the same kind of track in every shop and on every station. And the, the neighbors are all extra friendly when they take their garbage cans out. It's like, hello, and baking cookies for each other. And like we set time aside to, like, bake in our kitchen with our kids and take extra time off. People are extra cheery at, the, like, the checkout station. Like, there's something about the December season that people are a little bit more in this joyful spirit. Um, and it's a little bit like that, that we just kind of like all play along. Like we want this to be true all the time. Like there's something about December that makes us happy that everybody else is happy and we can put like decorations up on our house and, and drive around with like antlers on your car and just whatever else you crazy people do. It's amazing. Like it's amazing, right? Like, but we, we want it to be true. We play along with it as experience because like, was we know like this is good news of great joy for all people, the birth of Jesus. Like this is what he promised in the manger as he came. We want that to be true. And so we're like, yeah, like let's be joyful. It's good news for all people. And we kind of play along with this season. And it's fun because I, I think we, we like the idea that we see the realities of the kingdom of God coming near in like December and this Christmas season. The Celtics, the Christian Celtics, they have this saying, and it goes like this, heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places, that distance is even smaller. And when I read that, I thought, yeah, December's kind of like that thin place. 
Like there's something about December that brings heaven and earth a little bit closer together for us that we get to experience the kingdom of God. And when Jesus began his ministry of unleashing and teaching the kingdom of God in synagogues and on the street and in homes and along the way as he was traveling with his disciples, he brought these kinds of thin places along with him where people who interacted with Jesus and his teachings, they got a sense of, oh, that's what it means when the kingdom of God comes near to the kingdom of earth. And it's something special there in those moments. And what we see Consistently throughout scripture, and we're going to see this morning as we read through kind of a good chunk of Mark together, when the kingdom of God comes near, it's life changing. When it comes near, it's life changing. And that's why it's so important for us as individuals here, a part of this church, but why it's so important for the world out there that we get to be a part of. When the kingdom of God comes near, it changes our lives. So here's what I want to read. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 21. So if you have a tablet or a device, you can do that. We'll put the verses up on the screen here as well. You can read along with us. Um, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, so if it's different than the one you have in your hand, that's why. Here's how it goes. It's a little bit of a section here, so follow with me. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Suddenly, a man in a synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. And at that the evil spirit screamed and threw the man into convulsions, and then he came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of teaching is this, they asked. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. After this, Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, and they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever, and they told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her to sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were being brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons but because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and others went out to find him and they found him and they said, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. When the kingdom of God comes near, it's life-changing. And there's a response and a reaction. Did you hear it? 
We're going to go through that again. I'm going to just highlight a few words and ideas and things that happen in there. But when the kingdom of God comes near, look what happens to people's responses and reactions. When we come close to these thin places in our life, whether that's the December season or other parts, other times of the year, um, and we'll talk about some of that, when we come near these thin places, uh, we have a reaction and a response. And that's going to be part of our practice for this week, is recognizing how we respond to the kingdom of God as we enter into one of these thin places or when it comes near. So look what happens. Um, It's like when he starts preaching in the synagogue, it's like he awakens a sleepy people. There's a surprise that happens. There's amazement. There's astonishment. These are some of the words that scripture uses to describe their reaction just to Jesus's preaching as well as like a curiosity. The synagogue, it's not the same as the temple. There was one temple, but there were many synagogues, and that's where you would go to be taught. That's what the purpose of the synagogue was. It wasn't a literary culture where everyone could read and study on their own. They had to hear it from the, from the teacher on Sabbath. And so they'd go and they'd listen to the word being read and they'd be taught and they'd take that away and they'd take that with them for the week. And so they intended to go to synagogue in order to learn and be taught. It wasn't like it was a surprise that someone stood up and read to them. That part was normal. It was the authority in which Jesus was able to speak and be able to teach them. And it wasn't like this was like a slight on the, on the scribes uh, as they were teaching. It's not like as if they were like not very good teachers and like this like really great famous teacher just came and like uh, expounded the word in some amazing way that they'd never heard before. Like, like he, Jesus had been hearing these teachings also. The scribes were incredible people. These were the lawyers and the experts on the law, on the, the Torah, on the Old Testament. They had high spiritual authority in that place. People, they were, like, people were um, highly reverent of them. They had a prominent seat in the synagogue. As people, as they passed or as they entered, people would rise to their feet uh, and give them much respect. These teachers were well respected. This isn't thrown shade on the, the, the scribes as though they were somehow uh, lower or less than. It was really highlighting the difference that what happens when the kingdom of God enters into the preaching, enters into the teaching that Jesus brought. And when he did bring and teach, he taught with a new and different authority. The scribes could only teach with the authority of those who were before them, those who taught them their scriptures and what they learned from the teachers before them. Jesus had the authority within himself. In fact, he knew the author of the scriptures, and he taught with the authority of the authors of the scriptures. And he taught with love and a truth that awakened the minds and the hearts of those who heard it. How many times we come into a teaching expecting right? We come here on a Sunday morning expecting to hear the word of God. That's the point. And we're here and we're listening. And then all of a sudden, something hits us in our spirit, something hits us in our mind. And we're like, whoa, is that what God's doing right now? Is that what he's saying to me? We come expecting this, but then it still surprises and astonishes us as the kingdom of heaven comes near. And that's one of the pieces I want to draw our attention to is that when it comes near, there's a sense of surprise, There's a sense of like this heightened awareness all of a sudden of what's happening around us and that God is speaking to us. And I want us to pay attention in those moments. It's not just words on a page anymore. There's stories that we may have heard many, many times before, but this time 
when we read those words, when we hear that phrase, when we say, when we, when we say that thing, that passage that comes from Scripture, all of a sudden, it pops out in a different way. This is the kingdom of heaven coming near to our hearts as he begins to teach us and awaken our mind, awaken our mind to his truth and what God's doing in this place and in our own spirit. The authority, the authority of God, his truth, when, they, when in these thin places... Uh, it takes a different prominence in our heart, different place of authority. Uh, it's not manufactured. It's not imposed on us, but it awakens from within us. And then we see another response. That's kind of the first response, the surprise, an awakening, an awareness to what's happening. And then we see this other, other response, and that's of this man who is uh, possessed by an evil spirit. Um, uh, translations say uh, an unclean spirit sometimes. It's this something other than his own spirit and other than that of the spirit of God in him. And it's coming out and it's crying out uh, at the presence of this kingdom of God that's near him. And so uh, when the kingdom of God comes near to us and we are in these thin places, another thing we should expect is that it starts to threaten the domain of Satan. It starts to, uh, the domain of the kingdom of God comes near to earth where Satan has been given rule and authority, and it starts to threaten that rule. Um, it's kind of like, uh, uh, imagine this scenario as Jesus is preaching and the, the man's out there and he's probably been to the synagogue like more than once, right? Like he's been there before. He's heard these stories and he's heard the teaching. And this time as he's there, uh, there's, a, there's this response in his spirit that is just like pushing out against it. It's, it's when Jesus begins to speak and begins to preach there, uh, it, it, it prompts this reaction. It's kind of like, like his um, authority and what he's doing has all of a sudden kind of disrupted uh, the environment that uh, this evil spirit was able to live in comfortably. He kind of got into his domain, into his realm. It's, it's like um, a silly example, but like I, you know, Cameron Park Lake, I, I walk or run around that lake sometimes, or even like the, the town center park, like that lake, right? There's geese and ducks and stuff. Like they've got their own like little area uh, and, and they're fine as long as like you leave them alone, right? And the, you can walk by them. But as soon as you kind of enter their domain, they're like their realm, like you break that invisible barrier, they spin around, they hiss at you and like come running at you and kind of freaks you out and they're so small. And they like, it's like, it's like they're fine. And, and this evil spirit, like in this guy, like he's fine. He can live there, no problem, unless you begin to just start to disrupt his environment. And then all of a sudden, it's like the claws come out, right? The, the reaction comes out. And I want us to like be aware when these things happen in our life, because this, again, this guy's probably been to this synagogue more than once and never have had, has had this kind of interaction or this like, challenge against like, his, who he is and what this, this, this spirit is in him until Jesus comes along and brings the kingdom of God near to this man. And it breaks that invisible barrier, if you will. It begins to, to engage and, uh, and enter into his spirit in a new way, and it begins to threaten that internal peace. And, and you feel the, the, the claws come out on this guy. He's like, what do you want with us? Why are you here? It doesn't say he did it in some sort of like a weird, creepy like voice. Just, what do you hear? Like, this was like a normal man. What do you hear? What do you have to do with us? 
Why, why are you here, Jesus? I, I, what, you're in my realm. I, I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. We'll be just fine. And often, when, the, when, when we're in these thin places, we start to feel that same kind of bristling. Second thing I want us to pay attention to, when the kingdom of God comes near. First one was that it awakens something. Surprise. And then the second one is, it might begin to feel this bristling in us. I don't know why, but I feel this, this anger towards what's happening. I don't know why, but I'm just digging my heels in here. I don't really want to go that way. Like, like all this excuses or frustration or kind of uncharacteristic reaction or response of like a bristling up against, a rearing up against, an argumentative, whatever it might be that happens as the kingdom of God comes near. If we can catch that in ourselves, and we can begin to see, wow, okay, wait a second. Something's happening that's uncharacteristic for me, and I'm beginning to react in kind of a, a strange way, and I'm, I'm getting frustrated with this. We can let the kingdom of heaven begin to actually take root and do something in us and not just push it away and push away whatever God's doing there. What's cool is Jesus just responds with two commands. Be quiet and come out. That's it. And again, the reaction was amazement. Man, how can he just say these two things? Not only does he have authority over the teaching and the scripture, but he has authority over the, the, the spiritual realm as well and is able to cast out these demons. But he says it with just two words, be quiet and come out. I want you to try that. Not right here. But I want you to try that. Like as you feel the kingdom of God come near, or you become awakened to what God is doing and you feel yourself kind of bristling like, ah, oh, I don't really want to do that. Just be quiet. Be quiet and come out. Call Jesus in and say, Jesus, get this out of me. I don't want this spirit in me. I don't want to react and respond this way. Be quiet and come out. And let God Take those things out of your life. Let him impact you in that way. Be real with what the issue is and say, get out of this. Get out of me. I don't want to respond like that. So that was our second kind of reaction or response when we see the kingdom of God come near. They're kind of uh, drastic. Like, these are big reactions and big responses. And then they, they leave the synagogue and they go back to, Jesus goes back to Simon and Andrew's home. We, we learn that Simon is apparently married because he has a mother-in-law. And so they're there and she's sick. And he says, like, Jesus, she's sick. They just said, like, he, he tells Jesus that she's sick. Like, let, let's Jesus know. And I, I read this. I'm like, Jesus hasn't healed anybody yet. I mean, he cast out a demon and he had amazing teachings. But in this account of the gospel and in others, he hasn't, at this point, healed people yet. But yet, from his teaching and what already they've seen of him as the kingdom of God comes near, they're like, I don't know, maybe Jesus can do something about this. She's sick. Jesus, what do you got? Like, well, just, maybe we should just let Jesus know. Maybe he's got some ideas on what to do here in this situation. It kind of reminds me of, like, dad can fix it. Like, I don't know what the problem is. It's like, it's broken. Dad can fix it. Like, just go give it to dad. He'll glue it back together. He, he's got it, right? Like, if like, you're that dad in the house where like, the kids just bring you everything and go, here, like, dad can fix it. It's like this kind of a reaction or response when the, the disciples he, see that their mother-in-law is sick and like, ah, let's just tell Jesus. I think there's a, a, a response that they have, a faith that they have in watching the teaching and the ministry of Jesus even briefly in the synagogue and they have this trust and this ability to say, Jesus, come and, and, and do something here in this place. And the whole city 
responds that way. It wasn't just the disciples. He's there in the house, and the whole city came out. News about him spread everywhere beyond the little region that he started, and it goes all over. And it's been maybe like from morning till evening, right? Like it's been within the course of this day, and people are showing up at his house. News has spread that there's a guy here that knows about the kingdom of God, and he's doing something with it, and he's able to heal people. And they're bringing him the sick, and they're bringing him the possessed, and they're bringing all these people. And he doesn't just go, ah, I'm a little busy. Like, I'm out of here. He healed people. He engaged them. He, as many as he could, it seems, he was just with them personally, talking to them, praying with them, and healing them. So, when Jesus brings the kingdom of heaven near, there's reactions. There's astonishment. There's sometimes that bristling. There's a, um, a reorientation of authority of who we see uh, God is and the role he plays in our life, there's a reaction to say, okay, then I'm going to bring you the issue. I'm going to bring you the problem. Like, I see that you can do something with this. It's not just a, um, I'm, I'm listening to a, a message or reading a word. It's I'm being impacted by this kingdom in such a way that I have a response that something is going to be different or change in who I am. And so as he brings this this kingdom, it's not like a typical king brings his rule and authority of like, hey, here's all the rules and how you're going to start belonging to this place and how you're you're going to fit in here to my new kingdom. First, he starts with, let me show you the power of the kingdom. Let me show you the freedom that is involved in this kingdom. Let me show you the love and the joy and the peace, right, and the hope, the words that we are singing up there earlier. Let me show you how the kingdom is going to infiltrate into your life. Let me show you the power of this. Jesus' astonishing display of power and of redemption for those who were held captive before. Captive by illness, captive by unclean spirits, by false uh, narratives that replay in their mind, the things that we're held captive by, things that plague us, the things that we continue to believe as we move forward in life, Jesus brings his kingdom and says it's so much bigger than that and frees them from it. It's not just a display of power over evil, which in and of itself would be a great thing. It's not just a display of power over evil, evil, but it's this liberating and restorative process, this ministry of Jesus that brings people back to health, back to wholeness, back to relationship with the Father. That's why he came, that they may know the Father and that they may be one, that we may know the Father and that we may be one. That's the goal. It wasn't just the ministry of casting things out and and healing people, but it's a restorative ministry. And that's what the kingdom of God is doing in our lives that comes near. As we engage these thin places, it's about life-changing, life-changing ministry, restoring us back to the way God would have us living in this life. I got to spend some time last week, uh, the end of last week and kind of last weekend in Ensenada, Mexico, um, engaging a restorative ministry. And I want to take a minute, just kind of tell you about it a little bit. I got a few photos I'll show you of our partners down there, our friends, Sammy and Ava, 
This is them. If you uh, recognize them, they've been here before. Uh, they got to visit our church. He's got a beard now. Um, and they are an extremely wonderful couple. And I would love for everyone to get to spend time with them and get to hear them and be encouraged by them. Um, and they're running just this incredible ministry down there. So we've known them for a number of years, and over the, the, the 2020 season, we weren't able to go down and see them at all. So this is the first time in about a year and a half, almost two years, that we got to go down and see them. And I'll tell you, they're different. They're changed. Uh, different from the Sammy and Ava that I knew before, and kind of the uh, running at this pace of the world, trying to do all the ministry, do all the things, stressed out, getting all the kind of the, the bombardment and criticism from the world, and trying to like just manage everything. I came down and I met them, uh, Sammy and Ava. Oh, we had some friends with us as well. Elijah and Haley got to go down, and we got to spend some time with them as well. And they're a different people. They're like calm. And they're peaceful, and they're satisfied, and they're just rejoicing in what God's doing. And we sat there at one point eating tacos on at this road stand taco stand, and they just start encouraging me, asking me questions uh, through our translator, asking me questions. You know, hey Eric, how's the how's the transition going at Sun Hills? How's the new position? How's Allie doing with, with all of that? How are your kids doing what, with being, you know, pastor's kids and all? I'm like, oh my gosh, like, they're, they're wild. It's crazy. They run around the church. Like, it's, a, it's just, they're doing the right thing for those kids, right? Like, they're encouraging me, asking me questions. I forget every time. I go down there. I'm like, oh, we're going to go down. We're going to love them and encourage them and see how we can support them. I go down, I'm like, they've loved me, and they've encouraged me, and they've supported me, right? Like, oh my goodness. And I sit there, I'm like, I want everyone to meet this couple. I want everyone here to be able to see what they're doing and the way that they live out the kingdom of God in their little nook of the world and the way they're impacting Ensenada. And one of the ways they're doing that is they have these homes, a men's home and this women's home, and they're these restorative homes, uh, restoring people from drug addiction and out of abusive situations. And we got to go into these homes and go meet meet the women in a couple of those pictures, like this is the men's home here, and that's the director of the men's home. Sammy kind of, he has more time there, and Ava spends more time in the women's home. And I got a chance to go in and just like sit down and go, hey, can I hear like from the women how they're doing and what's going on? And they stand up one by one and begin explaining like their situation and where they came from, and how they got into this home, and the restorative nature that they're experiencing right now, and how they're giving themselves back over to what God is doing. And a couple of women stand up, and they're like, yes, I'm here, and so is my daughter. And they point, and the daughter stands up. Or I'm here, and so is my sister, and the sister stands up. And I began to realize, Sammy's not just re, um, revitalizing individuals. He's restoring whole families. Mom and sister, or sisters are over here, and husband is over there, and the men home and they're being restored and then he's got these amazing like uh, apartments that he takes them to afterwards after their six-month program of being like uh, drug-free and able to move out of this place and, and enter back into society he takes these apartments that he's built at the church um, uh, campus and and he lets them live there and start paying rent and engaging back into society before he launches them again and it's it's incredible I go to the men's home, and, I, and I, I start hearing from them, and there's these guys with, like, face tattoos and neck tattoos, and they're sitting there kind of like, you know, with an angry face, but they're sitting there, and they're like, I'm just giving myself over to the love of God. Like, wow. Like, these guys. I wouldn't expect them to be talking about love anything. 
And they're sitting there talking about how the love of God is like transforming their heart. And they're standing and giving their testimony. And I'm just blown away by their openness and their uh, ability just to share what God's doing in that space. And so I, I pry a little bit. I'm like, so how, tell me about the, the program, how this works. And he goes, oh, it's a six-month program, and here's how you enter in. And when they come, they get evaluated by a psychologist, and they get um, uh, evaluated by a doctor to get you know, their whole mental and physical health. And we've got a six-month program, and here's how they pull a file out, and they show us, like, here, here's where they are in their, in, their, in their journey, and how far their progress, and how far they've gone, and how much more they have left. And they fold it up, and they show us another another one of another person in there and they're able to just like track all of this it's amazing the kind of process and the thing that he's able to do with these people as he's restoring individuals and whole families back into society and so he breaks down the cost for us of what it costs for each person to be in there essentially it's 850 dollars per person for a six-month program which is amazing and i'm like well who who's paying for this he goes well some of the women are able to pay their families bring them here and they're able to pay Otherwise, God provides, and that's Sammy. Otherwise, God provides. And I thought, that's so good. And we've been a partner with them for years. We've gotten to see these homes develop, and, uh, and, and we've partnered with them in the past as well. We expect to go down in the spring and bring everyone in this room down there as well because you've got you to meet these people. Uh, and so um, we're, we're partnering. We've, we've partnered with them. We are still partnering with them in friendship and, and um and being there serving with them. And at the end of uh, our, our calendar year, we as a church love to do a special offering um, where we say, hey, this is above and beyond tithe. Tithe is what we bring to the house of God every week. This is what we bring in order to uh, help this, this, this building continue on, our staffing and program, and reaching out into, into our neighborhood and our local areas. And then there's this special offering, this time that we get to bring extra above and beyond and bless another ministry. And so we're doing that again this year. And so part of our special offering is to raise enough money to, to support um, four women, men or women, uh, but four women, because that's the home that he was saying needs the most help, through uh, a six-month, a whole six-month program. And so to the end of the year, um, if you, that's something that stirs in your heart as something you'd want to give to uh, as a global ministry, you can do that and just mark it as special offering. If you don't mark it special offering, it won't go there. It'll be normal offering, but mark it special offering. You can do that online or you can do that on like written on the check or whatever. And we want to raise um, enough money to be able to send four people through this program. And then the cool part is we actually get to go down there and we can see the effects of what's happening. We can meet the women that we're sponsoring and hear their stories and be blessed by what they're doing. There's so much more to be said about Mexico and the ministry that's happening down there. And I, I look forward to in months coming to share with our whole church the way that God has um, opened doors for us as a Sun Hills, a body to go and experience uh, God in Ensenada and be ministered to in Ensenada um, the way that he's ministering to those people. The kingdom of God is vast, is so vast. I want it to continue to surprise and awaken our soul. Going down to a place like Ensenada, all of a sudden you realize, look how much, look how big our God is doing, how much he's doing, how big our God is uh, as, he, as he's working all throughout this world. And so the first impact for us will bring us back to our individual journey right now. When the kingdom of God comes near is this restoration of authority, restoring authority in our life from whoever we've given it to, ourselves or others, back to the authority of who God is 
in our life. And then a healing. A healing in us. A kind of a taking out the garbage, right? Getting rid of the stuff in our life. Not first a behavioral change. You notice when Jesus comes, it's not first uh, come and behave and then I'll show you how the kingdom works. It's let me show you the power. Let me show you the love. Let me show you the, the, the grace of the kingdom. And out of that is a response for us. So let us live in amazement, amazement of what God is doing in his kingdom, that that, that, that awakens our spirit and our heart to what he's doing this season. Let us give authority over to him and allow him to heal and restore our own spirit. Here's the practice for this week. I want us to pray a familiar prayer, but just a portion of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. That'll be our practice. Throughout your day, in the morning or throughout your day, your kingdom come. And then I want us to notice our body's response. Maybe there's like a surprise, an awakening, something in our own spirit. Maybe you start to feel that like push and bristle of like, ah, so God brings things to mind and and you can say, be quiet and get out, right? Notice your body's response internally and notice your body's response, response externally. As you begin to like maybe are shifting, you know, or you start to get fidgety and it's not like you and you, you notice that like, man, God's doing something as his kingdom comes, I'm starting to respond. Notice your, your body's response. So as you pray, pray your kingdom come. I don't even want to do that now this morning. Before we um, move past these moments, I want us to practice it now. Get it in our mind, and then we can practice it together the rest of this week. These practices are meant to be done in community. So here, together, now, but then if you have Bible studies or small groups or just in your own family around the dinner table, pray your kingdom come and then share with each other what's God doing as you practice this this week. So let's do that now. We'll just, in your own spirit, pray your kingdom come in our plans, in our thought life, in our relationships, in our spirit, His kingdom wants to come into all these places. So God, we open ourselves up to you, Spirit. We trust you and know you. And in these thin places, Lord, will your kingdom come. kingdom come, Lord. Your kingdom come in our schedule for this week. kingdom come in our relationships. Notice how you're responding. Notice how your body's responding. Jesus, we give you authority your word authority over us, your spirit authority over us, that we might be restored. 
might, we might be healed, that we could live as joyful members of your kingdom here in this place, and it gets lived out in our neighborhoods, on our streets, and in our homes. God, your kingdom come.